Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Freedom Series. I'm joined with, by Zach Schrein uh, from Filteroff, who's calling in today from uh, New York City. Zach, how are you doing this morning? I am good. How are you doing? Mate, I'm, uh, I'm doing surprisingly well, amazingly well. Beautiful Friday over here, sun shining, the surf's coming in. Uh, I'd like to welcome everyone who's joining us to live from wherever you are uh, on the social webs and also within the world. Uh, Rafi from my team is going to be monitoring the chat. So throughout this uh, conversation, love you guys to interact and ask as many questions as you can so we get them answered. I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited, actually. You guys have had a tremendous amount of success uh, with an app that you've built that just so happened to kind of be right, like right place, right time. Uh, Let's start off by kind of sharing, like, what is the app that you guys currently have? Yeah, so I'm the co-founder of FilterOff, and it's a video speed dating app. And uh, FilterOff runs uh, virtual speed dating events, as well as a matchmaker service that's also video first. Yeah. So I, I could imagine, like, this would have been a great idea to have started, like, you know, February, March this year, when everyone yeah. started going in isolation. You guys actually had almost like a 12-month, 14-month jump on yeah. the pandemic. Do you have some sort of like world economy crystal ball <laughs> or something? Like where did this come about from? Yeah, I would. So I've always been obsessed with dating apps. I think the idea of connecting with someone outside your friend circle, you've never met them any other way. I think is really fascinating and um, making meaningful connections yeah. uh, through technology has always been awesome. So but the challenge is with the traditional dating app, like swiping, the back and forth, it's a long process, a very long funnel. Yeah. And then when you finally meet, you may not have any chemistry. And that's very disappointing, especially if you spend a lot of time and you typically do. Yeah. So I would go on these dates and quickly realize into the date, like there's no chemistry. So going forward, I would just ask women like, hey, would you be open to jumping on a video chat before we met? And unfortunately, the majority said no, but that was, that was like 18 months, two years ago, that right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was, I've been doing this probably three or four years, like being like, Hey, can we just jump on? It's like a way of just seeing if you have chemistry, see if you vibe. And it's so you could figure it out very quickly. And yeah. like FaceTiming or video chatting is like right below meeting in person. Like yeah. you get an idea. It's so much better than text. Cause you can't tell who's yeah. behind the text. And it's better than a phone call because you get to see what they look like. I was going to say, matter. make sure they actually match their profile pictures too, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. There's no catfishing. So yeah. So, I mean, it was just like, how do I make this the norm yeah. and cut all the, the, the crap, that long funnel and um, set out to make this um, over a year and a half ago, start building it out and then spoke to a bunch of users, learned a ton about video, video dating, what works, what doesn't. And then we, got out of beta one month before the pandemic in February and then just really took off from there. So. Yeah, man, man, I love, I love this story. Um, we had an interview, had an interview with an entrepreneur uh, from Mexico, uh, Ray Blakeney. And he said that there's kind of two types of entrepreneurs. There's the visionary entrepreneurs like your Elon Musk's and your Steve Jobs that, uh, you know, the Wright brothers that create something that's not there. And then yeah. you have the other entrepreneurs that like just find the problems that they have in their own life and they, they build a solution for that. Uh, and this is exactly that type. Like you had your own issue 
with the dating apps and obviously the process and the long funnels. And I, yeah. I, I totally feel your, your, your pain uh, through that as well. And it's like, Hey, how can I make this better? Not only that, I just love the fact that you guys got out of beta like a month before COVID hit. You had, a, you had a proven product and you now had a captivated audience that were totally up for uh, obviously online, online dating. So what's the growth then have you guys seen since you kicked off? Yeah, I mean, so fortunately we've had some great coverage. We got covered by BBC, the New York Times, some publications in India. So now we're a global app. Um, we've had about 26x growth um, since getting out of this. So it's, it's really been awesome. Um, a lot of growth, a lot of learning, and we're pushing out updates like twice a week. So wow. we're constantly speaking to users and it's been a really cool journey. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I'm curious to know, like, how do you go about capturing feedback from users? I think that's super important because yeah. obviously this started as a concept of something that was fixing a pain point in your, in your life, but you're, you're one yeah. person. You know, and I'm sure that a lot of the information you've got were things that maybe you never even thought of that it's just provided yeah. a whole new level of experience 100%. for users. Yeah. Yeah. So capturing feedback is obviously important. So on our website, we have a contact page. Um, on our website, we also have like a chat service, like a fresh chat. So it goes to my email. In the app, we have a contact page on our social. So we have a lot of people who will contact us and they'll contact us whether it's new feature requests, um, any sort of bugs. So like we're always getting feedback all the time. And there's some feedback that I'm like, oh, that's obvious. Like we need to change. Some is like, eh, it's not a high priority. Mm -hmm. Some are bugs, right? So it, it's helpful. It's like kind of crowdsourcing. Um, so it, it, it's super important to speak to users. Also, we run a monthly newsletter um, and we always get feedback from that. And this last actually two weeks. So we recently launched our matchmaker service, which gives you super curated dates and you chat with the matches that you're set up with to arrange a video chat. And then you jump on the video chat and it's a fairly new service. And I was like, I would love some feedback. So I just reached out to like 200 users and I jumped on literally like 15 calls this week, just chatting with users, asking them, Hey, what I don't even, yeah, what works is nice, but tell me what you don't like. Like what's been some stuff. And we literally have been making updates just from this feedback. And that's how I think is the best way of going about product. Yeah. And, and the rate in which I guess the uptake of the app as well and the, the virality of it too, from people that jump on, use it, see that you guys are progressive in taking on board the feedback, making the updates, making some changes is probably nuts as well. Yeah. Out of curiosity, has it improved your dating life? Like on your profile, is it like, oh, found founder? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. So I'm sometimes people will message me on social, which I've never really experienced before yeah. as a guy like them sliding in my DMs. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's different. In the dating app itself, in Filter Off, so we run virtual events. I love to attend events. I am single, so I use it as so you've used that personal gain then <laughs> all the time but um i don't say in like so before your dates start you could see their fun facts and their bio and i don't write on the founder filter off because i don't want to bias anyone yeah. um i want them to get to know me as me so and then if we hit it off i'll tell them afterwards but yeah what's the response like in terms of just like feedback from that. You're like, oh, by the way, like I, I, um, I not only made this possible through jumping on a Zoom call, I actually made this possible by creating the app. 
I've had some people who like scream. Um, I once, I had a funny, I remember I was speaking to this woman on a, on one of the dates. Um, and I was like, how did you hear about us? And she's like, oh, how did you hear about Filter Up? She's like, oh, I read about it in the New York Times. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, um, she was like, yeah, some guy started it. I'm like, oh, what's the guy's name? And she's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, pull up the article. And she pulls it up and she's like, and then she freaked out. So it was funny. Like I've had some really funny interactions. Um, I like to see the look on their face. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. And I guess it just comes with what I'm working on. So yeah, amazing. And uh, look, if you're joining us live, welcome. Uh, welcome to this morning's show. Uh, we're speaking all things dating and dating apps and some incredible success that you guys have seen over the last 18 months. Uh, please feel free to put your questions below. My team will feed them through. I'd love to get some questions coming in here as well. Uh, so tell me then, like, it, it, it's, it's obviously I can see that you're so inspired by what you do, which is just amazing to see when entrepreneurs are like so in love with their product and what they're, what they're about. What have been some of the challenges you guys have faced though after, over the last 18 months? Yeah, I think the first... I think the first challenge was like, are people going to accept video, right? Like is, are people cool with that? And I think the answer was yes. The second challenge, or at least open to it, not everyone was cool with it. After the pandemic though, I feel like it's the norm to be like, yeah, I'll jump on video. Like it's literally shifted um, like nine day, which I think it's actually sped up the culture of accepting like jumping on video chats probably by three or five years yeah. literally because of this pandemic which yeah. for us obviously that's been beneficial um but i think some of the challenges like how do you get two people on a video chat at the same time for like an event and things of that nature and especially when you're starting and you have a smaller user base like you don't have millions of people so it's like how do you get two people to show up at the same time when your app is available potentially in the country or throughout the world so like there were definitely challenges. Um, and that's why we had started, we switched to like, um, you opted in to an event or to a time slot, like seven or 9 PM. And then we shifted it to like events based off of like in your city. And then we also run global date nights. So if there's not an event in your city, you could attend a global date night, which mm. you can match with anyone around the world. And then we, but then another thing was, well, what about the cities that are small that don't have events? And that's how like Matchmaker came about. It's like, we give you super curated dates based off like religion, ethnicity, your compatibility, your likability, your radius. So we take into account a lot more preferences and set you up in a, essentially a chat. You could always pass if you don't want to, but, and then you chat and arrange a time to jump into a video call with each other and that speed date is last three minutes. Our events last a hundred seconds. So it's much shorter. And um, so they're quick. It's a way of just seeing if you have chemistry. So a lot of these things, these challenges kind of like, okay, we solve one. Then we figure out like, what's the next issue. And a lot of it comes from user feedback, right? Like people will reach out to me and be like, Hey, there's no events in my area. And we see that a lot. And it's like, okay, let's make a global data. And then from there, matchmaker. So it's, it's kind of evolved naturally. Like we didn't have that idea yeah. when we first launched. So. Yeah. I, I guess because you guys are open to, for this to go wherever the market wants to take it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like, where does the market want to take it? We base our events off of like where the biggest hubs are, our user bases. So, um, 
And then with Matchmaker, I mean, anyone can participate. And then also our global events, anyone can participate. Yeah, amazing. What, what about for the business then? Like, so there's obviously been challenges, product to market and uh, going through the innovation process. But what about the business growth? Like I can imagine, you know, going from start to, to 26 times growth, uh, there's been a, a huge shift in terms of uh, team and that sort of things. What have been some of the business challenges you've had to, to face and overcome or you know, you, you, you maybe even currently going through? Yeah, I mean, we're doing a raise right now. So again, it's like, how do we continue to scale this, right? Like putting money behind it. We've been super lean. Um, we've literally, all of our growth has been organic, just literally through press, word of mouth, from search. So it's been very nimble, very lean, but we have to spend a significant amount of money to increase user growth. We understand that. So that's why we're doing this raise, but I'm um, coming up with nifty ideas to get large um, numbers of users, I think is like, how do we do that? And then, and then essentially what works, you pump more money in and scale it up. And um, we also offer private events and sponsored events. So like, for example, um, we have like religious organizations that'll run private events on our apps, on our app. And um, so we've done that. And then for sponsored events, like a company can sponsor an event. So like, let's say they want to, let's say it's like a health company, like um, in a, a gym like Equinox or Peloton, like the bike. So they could even like sponsor like a health event and then they would pay us um, to be that sponsor. So like their logo it's like healthy singles sponsored by Peloton. So like things like that, we've become kind of, again, this was just like, okay, we have these events, especially with a lot of these companies that are really suffering because they can't do it in person. How do they, so like, and I think interest-based events are exciting, like meeting people that are like-minded, mm -hmm. not necessarily because of like interest. So I think that's kind of where events will continue to, um, flourish and i think that's yeah. kind of our goal for events like having sponsored and private events continuing yeah are you guys measuring like success rate of of couples and things like that like i i know obviously there's a bunch of different apps that are available out there that all sort of serve different <laughs> purposes and um i don't know like i think that singles are wanting more meaningful connections yeah um is there any is there any sort of metrics around that that you're doing yeah, yeah so we measure something like it's we call it like 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 so at the end of your speed date, you like them, they like you. If that happens, you're entered into a match, like any type of dating app. And then you could send in-app messages. You could send video messages, kind of like a, a Snapchat story, Instagram story, or you could jump back onto a video call. Okay. So you don't have to exchange like your phone number. You could just video chat in the app. And our, our key, one of the KPIs we look at is like, what was our like-like percentage? And our like-like rate is a little over 25% for events. And with Matchmaker, it's fairly new, but I would suspect it to be even higher given how curated it is. Mm. And what's interesting, like the common dating app out there for men, the like-like rate is less than 1% and for women is about 10%. Wow. So I think what that shows is given that ours is double, um, over, more than double um, for women, it, it, it basically just shows that like, when you're not basing it off a picture and you're basing yeah. off like a human, you're more likely to be like, okay, I'm going to give this person a shot. So when you have that photo, it's, you're very judgmental. You're like, oh, she's, uh, she has black hair or she has brown eyes. Like, 
or she's a little this, a little that. So it's, it's you're a lot more judgmental. And I think it's a different, it's literally a different way of dating. It's, a, it's an experience being on filter off versus just kind of like a mind numbing swiping routine. So Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Let's go to a question here from Tim from Sydney. If you're joining us live, uh, hit the like button, let us know that you're there and uh, please put your questions in the comments below. So Tim from Sydney, COVID is a beast. Headlines aside, stocks and investing are not the same anymore. I'm not a dating app user, ha So uh, could Zach talk if he relies on ads in his app? Uh, and so that's, that's question number one. Do you rely on ads in your app? Yeah, so we actually have no ads. Um, like what's really important to us is like user experience, yeah. having a really good design um, and just going, going off like good design user experience like when we added matchmaker, we had this new like inflow of potential messages coming in and it was getting confusing because we had like our messages post match and then matchmaker. And it was like two funnels. So we had like an activity center, kind of like, like notifications, kind of like free Facebook or Instagram. So show all the people that have messaged you, it'll show. So all the activities, so you don't lose messages. Like, mm. and I, I guess I'm just saying this because like, we really believe in user experience. We believe that you can make money in, other ways versus like a traditional just throwing ads on your app yeah excellent so second part of his question um has his venture capital shifted pre-covid and now of the way yeah, you've so, raised capital yeah so we haven't raised yet um we're in discussion um i had about i sent my deck to about 35 vcs that were interested i'm in the final round with a few so however pre-covid like there was a lot more liquidity, right? Like, I mean, just by speaking to friends and other VCs are like, yeah, I think we're in a novel situation given we're video, we're really good with this time. I think video is video dating is here to stay because yeah. I think people now crave authentic relationships more so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in general, the like, yes, it's drier, but um, um, the hope, right, is that we get our the raise happen successfully because they see that um, we're pretty unique for this time period and unique just for what the future holds for dating. I think yeah. the paradigm of swiping is just so old fashioned now. And it's like, they want a breath of fresh air. Um, and I think we bring that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, the, the, the industry is ripe for, for disruption. And, you know, you guys have got the possibility to be a unicorn in that space as well, which I think for a lot of, um, a lot of AC, you know, there's huge potential there. Might've been a very different story though, had COVID not have happened as well. You talked about like, you know, we you, you sped the uptake rate up by potentially three to five years, um, which is amazing. But I, but I can imagine there's the few that this appeals to quite strongly, as long as there's a proven revenue model as well. Like, what do you see for the next 12 months for filter off? Yeah. So, and I think, yeah, I mean, VCs, yeah, they look at growth, they look at um, revenue and like another way that we're planning on uh, monetizing is like, we have this matchmaker service and we give you three really curated dates a week. So we'll likely add a pro plan. So it gives you like 12 or 15. We're experimenting. We've done three, we've done five. And then for the pro, maybe we do 12 or 15. So, but again, it's like, how, how do we provide the best value? And like yeah. people I'm speaking to this week, like jumping on the phone, they're like, yeah, I love just having more matches on matchmakers. So I think that's like an easy way of monetizing from the B2C route. We've done some um, revenue, gone revenue from the B2B route, like I shared before, sponsored yeah. events. 
Um, but in the next 12 months, I mean, we have our new website is coming out um, fairly soon. I, it's beautiful redesign, so very pumped for that. Yeah. Um, we have some cool launches, a uh, couple really cool partnerships, one with a brand, um, another with a massive community. So I'm hoping it allows for a lot of growth for us. Um, and we're creative. Like I'm nimble. I want to say I'm nimble with like the partnerships. Like if it could really tremendously help us and we could help their brand as well, it's like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be paid if it allows for massive amounts of growth. Yeah. Um, it's like my number one goal is user acquisition right now. And like, yeah. how do I make it as frictionless as possible yeah. um, for brands and anyone to use that? So, I mean, that's kind of the roadmap, but me and my business partner, like we always are prioritizing. Sometimes we're shifting priorities, but it's like to nail down matchmaker, we're adding a new feature, which I'm pretty pumped about is for events. What's challenging about events, and this is one thing we've learned is like oftentimes people don't show up to events. So we have a feature that basically, if you don't show up, it doesn't screw up the, screw up all the other users who are waiting for you. So like that will help tremendously for events. So, and some other exciting fun things to improve the experience while you're dating and make it more yeah. fun. And I yeah. think that's important too, is like inject that fun into it. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very different the traditional model of swiping left and right. Um, out of curiosity, was this your first business? So I've run, no, I've run other businesses in the past. So in the tech space? So in the tech space. Yeah. When I was a senior in college, I started a, a website called Begin You. It was like a way for students to connect with student startups. Um, didn't end up working out. But then, and then from there, I started, I'm really into health and nutrition. I started a paleo muffin company with my mom and um, raised money on Kickstarter. It was really fun. We got a co-packer. We were producing these like paleo protein muffins. Um, it was fun, like on e-com. It didn't end up working out, it got challenging, but every project or startup I've had, like I've learned a tremendous amount, yeah. like about content writing, SEO. Um, so that's what I love about just like building projects, whether or not they work out and like, the filter off. It's like, wow, this, like, this is what I want for my life. Like I'm like my business partner and I are obsessed. Like, yeah. this. so like, um, but yeah, so it's exciting times. And I think even your failures, like you learn a tremendous amount, like skills, soft skills, hard skills, just working with people, managing people. So. Yeah. Like over, yeah. So, so entrepreneur in the blood from a, from a long while ago, uh, tech space. And what I love is your relationship with failure and with kind of keeps, you know, showing up and you just said like, this is, this is something that you're just obsessed about, which is also amazing that it's uh, getting the success that it is. What have been like the biggest lessons I guess you've learned in, in your time as an entrepreneur, whether it be like a mindset type thing or whether it be like more of a skill set type thing? Yeah. I think one of them is like, don't always, like rely, especially in the beginning, like, like don't rely on people necessarily. Like when I say that is like, maybe you want a friend to purchase your product or someone to try it. And it's like, just keep pushing, keep grinding. Cause like, there's going to be lots of people that just don't use it that yeah. like are like, Hey, I'm going to help you. I'll share it with all my friends. And then you follow up with them and they like didn't do it. It's like, it's fine. But like, 
I think you can't be too self-reliant on others. Like you have to really take it by the horns and make it work. Like you have to be the one yeah. to make, make whatever you're doing work yeah. and just like go full on. Like, yeah, you may come across people that are like saints that want to help you that are tremendously helpful and that's great. Um, but like take it full on yourself. And I think another one is just like being patient. Like when you do enough, when you meet enough people and you have enough meetings and enough possibilities, like something's going to hit. Yeah. So like, um, right. Like with the BBC, the New York times, those were like big hits for us and like increased growth tremendously. Mm-hmm. And hopefully um, with some of these new things coming up, um, like the partnerships I was mentioning, they're massive hits, but it's like, I'm on calls all the time, every day. You never know who you could speak to, who could give you that paycheck, but it's like, you just got to keep trying, got to keep pushing and, yeah. but keeping your expectations low too. Cause like, I mean, you should have fun and want to yeah. make things work, but oftentimes they don't. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. One thing that I noticed a little bit between like guests that I, that I speak to and entrepreneurs in the States versus those in Australia um, and business owners in general, like I, it feels to me like there's almost a different relationship with success and failure. You know, like often I'm speaking to, to, to Americans or people in the States and it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, did this and didn't work out, did this and didn't work out. And it's kind of like, like failure wasn't an option. It was just like, it was just a matter of time. It just had patience of like, I'll just keep doing this because I enjoy doing it. And eventually something's going to pull off. Whereas I, I've met a lot of um, people more so in Australia that are kind of like, they put every, they put everything, all the chips in on one play yeah. and that play doesn't work out and they get disheartened, <laughs> stop trying or stop going. Like, what do you yeah. think that is? Like, you know, is it, is it culturally entrepreneurship in the States? Like, have you noticed anything like that? Um, yeah, I think it's a good question. I, I guess the answer is like, I think it depends on the person. I mean, culturally, right? Like when you think of America, you think like you could build anything from nothing, at least that was kind of like the mindset, like with my great grandparents coming here from Europe, like through Ellis Island, like starting businesses with like no money in their pocket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the beauty. I mean, of us, I mean, like, yeah, just keep trying. And there's so many smart people like that you could partner with and meet, but I don't know, but I've also known people who have, failed and leads to a horrible mental state and i think it really depends person to person honestly yeah kind of like i mean right like you'll see people who are like dating someone and then they maybe they're married and they get divorced and it's like they're no longer ever dating and they're like totally depressed i mean those are the same people that probably be the same thing in business they fail and then they're like i give up so i think a lot of it's just like person by person. Um, but I think like, right with Australia, there's business opportunities with America. There's business opportunities like with certain countries there are no business opportunities. So those people don't even have that mindset. So, yeah. yeah, So yeah, that's my thought on that. Okay. So uh, if there's anyone watching this today Mm -hmm. who would like to connect with you, find out more, uh, maybe have a conversation around capital and so forth, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. I mean, so, you can contact me again on the website, getfilteroff.com. In the app, we're on iOS and Android, filter off. Um, I'm on social, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Filter off is on all the social 
So I'm pretty searchable. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and filter off is pretty searchable. So yeah, I'm pretty open. Outstanding. And we'll put the links in below too, to, to click through as well. Um, question I'd like to ask all my guests is that if you were having a conversation uh, with a 10 year old version of you, knowing what you know now, having been through what you've been through, what, what advice would you give him? Yeah, I would just, I think it's like those moments, right? And I sometimes think about them. Like when I was younger, like there was those moments when I didn't push forward. Like for example, like I really loved tennis when I was younger and I wanted to join the tennis team, but I didn't end up doing it because there was this kid on the tennis team that I really didn't like. And he was kind of like a dick, kind of like a little bit of a bully. And it was just like, and looking back at it, who cares? Like, yeah, who cares now in retrospect? But I wish I could have just sat myself down and be like, hey, what's the worst thing that happens if you join? And just like having that conversation with myself. So reality is I know now if I joined, I would have loved it. Yeah, it would have been uncomfortable at moments, but it would have been great. And I would have gained a lot from it. So it's like, so that's, and those are the types of conversations I have with myself now is like, I try not to hold myself back from anything. Literally, I mean, I've done like a TEDx. I've jumped out of an airplane. Like these are things that, were scary, like so scary, like, but it was just, yeah, I just wanted to try it, experience it. And I think you're always going to have that like voice inside your head. That's like, I can't do this. Like I'm, I don't have this certain degree. I don't have this money, but it's like, it's like, just try if you don't like it, if it's crappy. Yeah. You could always pull out, but it's like, just try it. And I think when I was younger, it was just like a little harder for me to get past that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the conversation I've had. Yeah. Lean into the discomfort. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, one last question to wrap us up. If Zach did not invest time and effort in filter off, where would he be putting, where would you put your investment in? So if it wasn't filter off right now, where would you put, be putting your time and your money? I guess, I guess the answer is, I don't know. Right. Cause it's something that doesn't exist. So like, but that's the thing is like, on all the things I've had before, I put like a massive amount of energy into it and like try to learn and try to grow it. And, um, luckily things are working, um, and it's growing and I'm super excited about what's ahead and, um, hopefully things work out and we get very, very big and, uh, things go from there. So, and maybe even find the love of your life. That'd be a great story in the, I know, uh, my time. business partner said, if I meet my wife on filter off, he's paying for my wedding. So I always hold him to that. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Uh, thank you for, for this evening where you are. Thank you for everyone who's joined in live or watched the replay. Uh, please click the questions and comments coming through hit the like button and maybe if you've got a single friend who needs a date, uh, share with them this episode so they can uh, jump on filter off as well. Zach, I appreciate your time and thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, There's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, Make sure that you like the Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. 
Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at the Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before, I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost. If you get through, uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forwards and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the opportunity to change the world. And if we can maybe help you to to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world, uh, you're changing ours in return. The second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the Game Changers community. And so if at the end of the call, you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there, uh, that we feel that there's a great values fit there, we can have a conversation about working together. But uh, this game plan call, there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever. Allow us to help you with uh, the years and years and years of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session. Make sure you follow us on social and start to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William McGuinty. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one. Bye for now.